Hi, it's the girl out there, right here with you, coming at you every week with some amazing facts, as well as some silly, some deep, and at times, some sad stories. The truth is, we all have a story to share, and we all have an audience ready to listen. I cannot wait to have some amazing guests come and share their chapter with you. And as well, I will be sharing some of the amazing bits and pieces of the energy world I am living in and learning about every single day. Cannot wait to get on this adventure with you. Hi, it's the girl out there right here with you. It's me, Cindy, and this week I am back with Annika McDade. Did I say that right? Yeah. Oh, good. I always, <laughs> I always hesitate. Welcome, Annika. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to talk to you. I'm so excited. Okay, so Annika, how did we meet? Oh my gosh, how did we meet? I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... I, I mean, to me, it's such a magical story because I had put out into one night uh, in my in my bed, I was having um, pretty much like a, a breakdown <laughs> and I had just put out like, I don't know if I can do this. I was talking to my guides like, I don't know if I can handle this puppy any longer. Um, I just, I need something show me basically, you know, if I need this dog to, to go to somebody else, give me the direction. I was sitting there in my bed, sort of crying, but saying, I trust whatever is going to happen to happen. Let it be. If there's somebody that needs to work with me, bring me this person is what I was saying. Cause that's basically how I live my life. And, um, and the next day I had posted, um, oh no. And then I know what happened. I'm going to go on a tangent. The next day I had gone into, um, my side room and I'd found, um, a picture that my son had drawn of a dog about four years ago. And it was this beautiful little drawing that he had done of a dog. And we didn't have a dog. I did not want a dog. I knew what a dog would mean. And he had put it in our house and he had just said, this is our dog. And uh, when I'd asked him whose dog it was and we framed it and he just said, it's our dog, it's our dog. And uh, when I saw it that day after I'd laid in my bed, I was like, oh my gosh, Hudson, <laughs> that's basically the dog we have now. It's Buddy. And um, so I put it up on Instagram to, with a picture of our dog saying, you know what, even without even realizing it, we had manifested our, our 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 dog and I put this little story up like sometimes even when you don't know like or you don't even really realize it you know you create what the future you you want or whatever and sometimes you don't even know what you want and I got the this message from a woman you work with just saying I love this story if you ever need help with your dog I would love to work with you and um it's a, you know that was such a beautiful story I know somebody who you work with and I thought oh my god that's amazing I I don't even know who this woman is but yes I, I'll say yes to working with you and so she immediately contacted me and we set up a time to work together. 
And she, uh, this is a long tangent of how I met you. I love it. But she, she and I worked together. I had a lovely vibe with her. And then she said, you know what? I really feel like your dog and you would work best with my boss, Annika. Yay, <laughs> and- Melissa. <laughs> Melissa. And she was great. And so then you and I started doing these deep in the woods walks together. <laughs> Yeah. And I didn't even know you, but I was like, heck yeah, let's do it. And we got up at six in the morning and we had like therapy sessions together, like every morning. And it was so great. And it was like you and I bonded right yeah. away and our dogs were there together. We, you and I would be crying or I would be. And I was like, I was like, I knew you for years. Yeah, that was really special. Melissa, yeah. Jessica and Melissa, a couple friends kind of put us in touch and it was cool because that day that we first met you fully surrendered I know you were having some worries about buddy being picked on and if you have a dog you know that like we go into mama bear protection mode and it's it is triggering when they're not being treated well by others or they are causing conflict for others and so to go and meet a complete stranger who's a professional dog trainer in the forest at this random trailhead in the morning early we're avoiding bears I'm walking with bear spray and I'm just like just let him off the leash you have to trust me you trusted me right away and yeah uh, yeah, those are really meaningful walks for me yeah they were they were amazing and and Mm life-changing um and so from that moment, I mean, you, you then basically announced that you were moving, which sucked, but <laughs> sorry, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that's, that's how I learned what it was like to be a dog owner, uh, what it was like to truly connect with a dog. And, and now we're going to basically explain who you are, but I remember, I think it was on the final walk. I turned to you. I'm going to cry already I turned to you and said what if I can't keep him and um sorry that was that was one of the most vulnerable moments um was standing in the middle of the woods admitting I didn't know if I was going to be able to do it and you just looked right at me and said that will be okay Mm -hmm. and I was so grateful to be able to be so honest with you mm-hmm. and um and and then be able to create a plan so now let's talk about who you are <laughs> and the amazing work you do so you specialize in um emotional um support for, do- for dog <laughs> owners <laughs> yeah i'm here and, for it uh, <laughs> and uh and as i just completely vulnerably cried I'm my family and I and buddy are so grateful always to you and I will remember that moment um of being able to speak my truth so do you want to talk a little bit about what you do (laughs) sure thank you for sharing that I know those um I'm sure we'll get into it but feeling like it's a safe place to share the little whisper in your head that you'd love to silence is really important. Um, it almost is like the gateway to accepting whatever it is that's going to happen. I think in, it's really isolating and uh, a lonely experience as a pet guardian to have to think that you're alone, <clears throat> excuse me, alone in those thoughts. So 
It's my pleasure mm -hmm. to support you through that. It's a very real experience. Um, what I do is definitely emotionally support people. I have called myself a dog trainer for 15 years and I think I convinced myself that I was one for a good chunk of that time. And over time, as I matured and my spiritual um, curiosity grew, I learned that I was doing a lot more than dog training and I was facilitating really deep, meaningful connections between two species that can't communicate and that that's really magical and deeply meaningful for the people that I get to work with and really deeply meaningful for me. So I consider myself a conduit these days of a translator, if you will, between the dog and the person and the person and the dog. And there's so much that we can learn about ourselves and learn about them. And so much self-development work that can be done through the lens of what our dog is here to teach us. Um, how we relate to others can be learned through how we relate to our dogs. It's just this never ending, beautiful, exploratory human experience that we get to have alongside these amazing companions. So I still wear the dog trainer hat. Sometimes if people need that of me, I'm happy to, um, I'm moving more and more into recognizing the importance of coaching the human end of the leash, because if you're not okay, they're certainly not going to be okay. And mm -hmm. we need to nurture your own expression of your truth in raising a dog, whether it's a really difficult puppy or a rescue that requires a lot more support than you thought you were signing up for, um, grieving the lifestyle that you thought you were going to have, the dog dream that you imagined it being for yourselves and your family members. There's just, there's a lot there to unpack. And the last thing I'll say is it's very easy to want to fix things and change things and modify and focus on if we just fix this thing about my dog, then I'll have ABCD. But there's so much in the process of the fixing that is little golden nuggets for us to pay attention to. So I coach a lot of people on not focusing on the finish line. It's okay if it's a nightmare. It's okay if it's the dream we're not there. So we need to be here now and figure out what we can do, but also sort of learn to embody the lessons that they're here to teach us. It's the best, Cindy. It's the best. I love my job. It's so good. It is truly, um, it is truly the best. It's as you have said to me, it's a roller coaster at times, not linear. Uh, so many uh, important things you've said to me along the way um, and reminders as it's, it's, it's for me, at least it's a two year, um, a two year path right now of, of growth that I'm on, not just like honestly, what I thought was going to be about four to five months until we got like the puppy we kind of figured we were going to get what before I kind of woke up to what this was. And um, what I have really become aware of is this, this is more about, as you said, it's more about me waking up to shadows of myself um, that I was very uncomfortable with and kind of stepping into, okay, like he, he, when I refer to he, buddy, he is him, but 
what I might've been uncomfortable about before was like him barking and then me realizing, okay, he's, he's not like the perfect dog. And that would have made me feel uncomfortable. I mean, still makes me feel uncomfortable at times. Um, but for different reasons now, now I'm like, okay, he's, he's afraid right now. He, he's nervous. I want to make sure that he is okay. And he is safe. Obviously I'm looking at the people around to make sure that they're okay but my outlook is different mm-hmm. um whereas before I would have looked at things in a different way yes. and so it was really my own shadows that I've really had to look at and um where I used to rush in life now I'm very like okay what things do I need to slow down to do to make sure he's taken care of to make sure that my children are taken care of like it's really Oh, so many things I've had to change. So many things. And it's admirable that you are actively rising to the occasion. And that's not always something that is quote the right or the tangible way for people, but it's amazing that you've been able to bend and cater to what his needs are. And that perspective shift takes time. That perspective Mm -hmm. shift of like stopping being aware that you care what other people think that that falls away eventually where you're like, holy crap, this is embarrassing. I'm, um, I'm ashamed. I don't have control or I don't want to disrupt anything. I don't want to cause conflict. Those are all, you know, for somebody like me who would identify as a people pleaser in recovery. Those are things that I'm hyper aware of. I don't want to make other people uncomfortable by my dog's behavior. Once Mm. you realize, okay, screw that. Like somebody in this equation, aside from me is uncomfortable. And it's actually my dog who is, you know, who it needs to be advocated for versus penalized for having an emotion. Mm -hmm. Then I shift from not caring what other people think and more, how do I advocate for him and make sure he feels safe? Because that is the gateway to creating less of the problem behaviors, because now we know what he's communicating. So getting to the why creates the compassion for us and the compassion creates the patience for the process. And the patience is like the one really integral recipe, um, required to get you to whatever the future holds for you guys. Most people, I mean, we live in a world where everything can be really fast. We can fix things and I can hire somebody and I can replace things. But when it comes to an animal's behavior, they're I would say as delicate and intricate emotional beings as we are in a way, like they have motivations, they have fears, they have traumas, and it's not quick to convince them that they're safe. Just like it's not quick for us to convince our own bodies that we are safe in our lived experience. Now, if we've experienced trauma, it's, it's very similar in terms of time and consistency and the patients required to work them and ourselves through that. So what, what, how did you start doing this? Like what drew you to wanting to work with animals? Oh, I, when I know I've made an impact on somebody, when they ask me that question in my consults, I'm like, Oh, this is fun. Um, I was definitely like, this sounds cheesy, but I don't know. I was, I was a hundred percent born for this. I used to volunteer at shelters when I was 10. My dad used to take me to the shelters on Sunday and I was too young to volunteer. So they just let me pour water into dishes when I was really young and I started a dog walking company for my little community for $5 a walk when I was nine, like most kids were babysitting. And I was like, no, I'm walking dogs. 
all the stray dogs in my neighborhood. I don't know why there were so many in retrospect. They always used to end up at our house and I'd keep them in the kitchen and sleep in the kitchen with them overnight and beg my parents to let me keep the strays. The owners would always come and I'd be so upset. Like this is intrinsic. This is, I don't know where it comes from, but it is in my blood. And then when I was um, 18, I left Ontario and moved to Alberta to live in the mountains and work at a dog sledding company. And um, worked with like almost 200 sled dogs for a few years, very happy sled dogs, I'll add. Um, and then worked for rescue organizations and then a shelter in Calgary for a number of years doing behavior assessments, um, working to determine whether a dog was adoptable or not. So that's where I got really comfortable reading body language because having life or death fate in your hands was a huge responsibility with the dogs we would assess. They would be euthanized or adoptable. So that was, yeah, that was heavy work. I think that's where I got my deepest um, confidence working with dogs because you didn't know their history and you were in a room by yourself handling their feet and taking bones away from them and testing them. And it was really hard. And then I've just had like a really fortunate, beautiful, continuous opportunity related kind of just things continue to unfold. I was given the opportunity to work with wolves in China and Inner Mongolia for two years. I don't know if you knew that. It was, it was no. really cool. Yeah, I lived in China and Inner Mongolia working with dog uh, animal trainers for film. And we had maybe 20 to 30 wolves over the two years. Um, they were not domesticated. They were first generation captive wolves and we couldn't touch them. So out of like 26 of them, maybe can't remember, we could touch, I could touch about five of them. And we were using them for film and training them all kinds of fun stuff. And so we lived in the middle of nowhere. Like they were nomads and it was crazy. The wolves so taught me. How do you train or work with a wolf? Well, I was lucky enough to learn from very senior trainers that I will give them all the credit. I was shadowing and learning alongside them, which was an incredible life opportunity. Um, the thing about wolves is you can't make them do anything. They're all instinct. They're telepathic as hell. They know exactly what you're thinking. They are five minutes ahead of you. I swear, like my spirituality grew tremendously working with wolves because if I thought to myself, any self-doubt, like, oh, don't mess that up or else you're going to get sent home. Like it was a high pressure situation that I would mess that exact thing up. And, and if I thought, oh, Hank, Hank hates me. This wolf Hank hated me. He probably saw right through my bullshit. He was like, you think you belong here, but you, my friend, don't know anything. He was really confronting and he would move towards me like he was going to bite me when I had to like corral him back into his pen or try to encourage him to move in a certain direction. And he would just look at me dead in the face. I'm like, oh, he, Hank's going to bite me. And I kept thinking, Hank's going to bite me. What do you think happens? Hank's going to bite me. <laughs> oh my word. Yeah, it was, it was like, so incredible. I, I can't believe this is my life that I'm telling you this story about. Yes. It was so, it was so hugely impactful. They're the most instinctive animals I've ever shared space with. They're, they're from a different realm. Like I'm telling you wolves are. And did you just decide that I want to go and work with wolves? Like, did you have fear around it? There's a lot of story with this opportunity. I went Sometimes I get like a ping in my mind. I'm like, I have to do that. And then I hunt for it and I make it happen. Okay. I, 
I don't, I also want to acknowledge I've been very blessed with the opportunities I've had, um, yes. for whatever reason, but no, I, um, long story short, I heard about this guy that somebody I knew was writing a book for who was an animal trainer. And I emailed him saying, I wanted to help clean up wolf poo if they ever needed it, because I'm not too good to clean up wolf poo for an opportunity. And then, yeah. and then my world crumbled because I went through a massive breakup. And then I got an email that asked for my phone number. And that person called me and was like, is there any reason you can't move to China in two weeks? I was like, nope, let's do this thing. Yeah. So I was crazy. And then I worked overseas with them in um, Asia and then had an opportunity to train dogs in France for a few months with them, which was a really cool adventurous movie we did um, in the Alps, like helicoptering, getting a 200 pound dog into a helicopter on a freaking glacier and living in the Alps was so amazing. And then I came back to Canada and was like, holy crap, what just happened in my life? What do I do from here? Like, like biggest experience in your life you could ever dream of happened. Where do you go? And, and though the, like to, to know you were able to be with wild wolves. I mean, they, they were captive, but they no, were, but, <laughs> but they were wild. Yes. You couldn't touch them. They were wild. They identified. I, mean, as I think my animal is wild. So yeah. I can't. <laughs> Oh man, it was so cool. So then I was 27 and I was like, well, now what do I do? So I moved to Vancouver from Calgary because I wanted a fresh start. And I launched yeah. the start of my business, Canine Connection Training. Okay. And I did that for the last 10 years, helping people connect with their dogs. And have you, did you have the vision just like, okay, this is what I, like, how did you start that? Did you just say, I want to do, like, what was the start? It is crazy because now that I'm more mature, I'm recognizing how interesting it is how things unfold um to be honest i was on an overnight bus in thailand and a month off during my training in china by myself traveling in thailand and i was on an overnight bus and i wrote into my phone i remember exactly what it looked like i was looking out the window and i wrote into my phone canine connection training and then i'm like maybe i'll start a business and i didn't have a lot of confidence at that time mm -hmm. i definitely gained it as the years went on um but yeah, I just, I don't know what happened. I just knew I needed to do it. So I created a business, Canine Connection Training. My friend made a logo and now we have five and five of us on the team and we've been really successful, what I would consider successful and helped thousands of people and dogs. And yeah, um, yeah the business is still going strong. And growing. And growing. Yeah. Lots of different services and expansion and changing things and it's fun. The, what I love about it, which I think to explain it, or at least from my perspective, and I know I have some people um, since I've been going who I don't know if they've contacted you, but at least they're asking like, who do you work with? And you know, what do you like about it? And maybe because this is me um, and what I'm drawn to is I love the intuitive side. Mm -hmm. So I love the side of it that you can tap into buddy. Um, and do you want to, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, I feel a real importance of how intuition can, and I've used, um, a dog, uh, whisperer before, um, not with my own dog, but in business. Um, and I feel like there's such growth with somebody that can tap into animals. And then now having one myself, 
like this is the most important thing of how the world works right mm -hmm. so do you want to talk a little bit about how you're doing this in your business yeah totally the secret's out um <laughs> I, I was very comfortable wearing my dog training hat for a long time. And, you know, many of my teammates are straight up dog trainers and have a very science-based education around that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And as I continue to evolve, I continue to kind of get closer and closer to what my truth is. And my truth is I can't hear dogs talk. Um, I mean, I can make up their voices in my head and make a good crack joke out of it because I love doing that. But I can appreciate how for many, many, many years I've been tapping into a dog's energy in order to source the concern, or I can tap into what they're trying to communicate without it being from my scientific background. And as a, you know, professional behavior consultant, we are trained by our governing bodies that there's no room for intuition in dog training. And that this is a science first science, heavy, very serious by the books. Um, you know, business to be in. And I uh, prescribed to that for a long time. And the braver I got and the more I was like, you know what, I feel like there's a different truth for me here. The more I'm just stepping into what I feel is true. And in my anecdotal experiences over working with thousands of dogs and very instinctive animals like wolves, um, there's so much more at play than just science. I mean, you can't explain some of the magic that happens. Like, you guys drawing a picture of your dream dog and then ending up accidentally with it. I mean, there's so many things like that, that I just, I don't even need to explain. My brain doesn't need to understand it for me to adopt it as true. Mm -hmm. So as I shed the shackles of what I felt like I should be doing or how I should be carrying myself as a well-regarded professional in this industry, um, I'm real. I'm like really tapping into the power of intuition in all of it and allowing myself to vulnerably, for sure, it feels vulnerable still, uh, offer that as a service to people. If you want to explore the behavior concerns from more of an intuitive standpoint, um, from somebody who can interpret both sides, both the science of the behavior and also the intuition behind it or the emotion that might be underlying, then we get to do that. So it's it's a much more creative approach. And to be honest, then I get to connect with people that I can relate to that are clients that I can coach that speak my language and that have similar beliefs as I do, which of course makes my job um, easier in terms of sharing my thoughts. Does that make sense? Yes, of course. Yeah. And I think what I just hear, um, sometimes people believe if there is intuition that they will actually hear something and therefore that's how things get channeled through. But I never hear a voice and I don't see something, even though I'll say I heard this or yeah. I got this, right. It's like a knowing and that's how it comes through. So um, really what you're getting channeled through is intuitive things from being guided by a dog. And perhaps when you're tapping in from somebody else, you'll get from another dog, you'll get things that'll come in a different way. And I think vulnerably sharing that is very important and it will allow more people um dog um people uh to perhaps speak up or be able to share their truth too it, it's a very scary thing i think um at the beginning to want to speak um in that space i never wanted to tell people i was intuitive right mm -hmm. for so long i for a long time i used to just want to say i did reiki because that felt safe 
Yeah. Uh, so there's like certain things that feel safe and then there's certain things that don't, but I know when you've been able to say, um, certain things like this is what I'm tapping into for buddy. It actually has shifted the way I've looked at things for how we work in the house together, how I share things, um, for the boys and I, how I set up the space. And it was simply the way you tapped in to say, this is what he's feeling. This mm -hmm. is what I'm, or at least you were picking up how he's feeling or what he, he needs. I never take offense to it. I think that helps, right? When you know, learning how to, the clients you work with, to me, it's such an open space and it helps for the dog. Mm -hmm. It's been so beneficial. Mm, that makes me happy. It's hard. It's, it's hard to see your own dog objectively. I always tell my clients, like, you know them more than I know them, whether I can tap in or not. You know what they need more than I know. <clears throat> but I will get from a bigger perspective, from the outside looking in, I can see much clearer than the person on the inside that's attached to all the emotions and wellness and all that. So I always want my clients and the people I work with to know, like, I don't know something more than you do. I'm just, it's easier for me to tap into that as I'm separated from it energetically. And, yeah. you know, it's been so fun to play with because the most hilarious stuff is the more I go into it, the more I'm saying, screw it. I'm, this is my truth. I'm doing it. I don't care what the ramifications are. Who thinks I'm a cuckoo? I'm, I'm hearing things from dogs. People, this is crazy. Yes. The, the more the dogs are chatty. Like if I go into a meditation with a client who's hired me to do some intuition work with their dog, I just simply go into a meditation and, and ask, I just like basically create an open space and the most random things have started to come forward. And I'm always sharing it with my clients with a grain of salt. Like I have no attachment to what I'm about to tell you. All I got is this is the meditation. This is what came forward. It might be from the future. It might be from the past. I'm really, I'm new at this, at like owning this part of what I'm doing. I'm like quite open about all of that. And then yeah. I'll say it thinking like, I don't know what, what's this purple toy about, or this white rug that he keeps showing me. And then they'll show me pictures after they've listened to what I've sent them. And they're like, oh my gosh, this is, this is the white rug. This is my white SUV you were talking about. Here's the gray dog bed you mentioned. And yes. so it's so fun on my end because I get to, it boosts my confidence and it feels very in alignment for me to keep doing this because I'm being reinforced by the work with the people and the impact it's having. So I'm sure you can relate to that. Totally. And I, and I know there will be people who don't believe and that's okay. Yeah. They're just not going to be the people that will probably connect with you. But what it does is actually opens the gap or the space for more people to work with you who are meant to work to work with you, right? Who are meant to work with you. Um, I I think sometimes we hold back feeling like, oh, we're going to get judged. But then why would you want to work with people who actually authentically don't want to work with you anyway? Exactly. Right? So yeah. suddenly there's, there's billions of people work with the people that are actually meant to work with you because you're being authentically yourself. Exactly. And then it doesn't feel like work at all. Then I'm just, no, I'm getting just, a kick out of it. You're I'm totally like, having so it. much fun. Yeah. Right? And I can like, it's so fun because some dogs I'm like, oh, your dog is funny. Like he won't stop talking. Yeah. There's so many things going on. And other dogs I'm like, oh, it's like pulling teeth. You're really not feeling open here. And I, I just yes. find experience all by itself really. I don't have to be in front of the dog to interpret that. I can certainly interpret okay. it in front of the dog, but 
it's just really, it's really rewarding. And you never know. I think even you just sharing that story at the beginning of how we met, I actually hadn't heard that story before. And I think what I've learned is what might feel like a light, helpful sentence or moment that you're facilitating for somebody can make a world of a difference for that person. And particularly when you're following your truth and you're in alignment with like what feels truly good for you on a soul level, the more that I feel like I'm able to reach the people that are benefiting from what feels like such a little give. I feel like I give a breadcrumb and they're like, wow, that's such an impact for me. And I'm like, whoa, it's so easy to, it's so easy and rewarding and meaningful to support people when it really helps them. And it doesn't yes. seem like a lot of giving on my end. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. And that's what I, that's what I think. And we sometimes forget like, yeah, the, all of the impact. And I, I'm sharing, I'm going to share this just because, um, I am <laughs> just because I am, uh, <laughs> I, I, when I'd worked with, uh, the dog person intuitive that I had worked with, she was actually teaching me the Akashic records long ago. And I had said, Oh, I'm curious. Could you just show me what it's like to be an animal intuitive kind of thing? I didn't have an animal. Um, but she said, yeah, I'll see if there's some from your past that want to come through for you. Cause I was like, okay, sure. And she knew nothing about the animals from my past. And I had never shared anything with her and we were not close. So I wasn't playing a game with her. I was more just curious, like, okay, who would show up? And she immediately would tapped into my um, crossed over cat who hated me. And, <laughs> um, and, and Scott, she was like, Whitney is here. Her name was Whitney. Oh my gosh. Hated me. And, and she, and she actually got like the information. All I could think was, oh my God, the dead cat's going to say how she hates me. (laughs) And like, she did actually get some details and she was like, oh, this cat's like, go. And I was like, whoa. Like, so I was like, well, there you go. The cat still doesn't like me on the other. (laughs) I just thought, well, this is fascinating. Like, and that was enough for me to go, okay, she got the name of That's the insane. cat and some information that nobody else would have gotten. And she was like, oh, okay. And I was like, yeah, no, that's enough for me to know that this is all legit. Truthful. Yeah. Legit. And not, and some people don't get names and totally fine, but that was a, where I was like, yeah, well, there we go. So you know, it's a fascinating work. I find animals come through much faster than humans do. Interesting. Because typically they are just so connected to us and they stay connected with you um, because they have that unconditional love. Now, Whitney had some unconditional and resolved things. But, uh, you may find that for yourself as you grow this side for you and you're working with people that you'll find animals. Look, now we're going further into other stuff, but you'll find working with people, you can tap into animals that are around them just by tapping in. You can ask for all the animals that are with them, that have been with them like from the past as well so you might be getting messages for people um that you don't even realize from all their other animals it's so cool because it feels like letting myself fully embrace the little woo woo witchy stuff that's got I've got going on internally um 
it just makes me feel like there's so much untapped magical stuff out there that is like requires an openness and a vulnerability that exceeds that of just like following the traditional norms of how to exist in this world, if that makes sense. And that excites me. I'm, I feel like a little baby blossoming butterfly who's just realizing there's an entire, not realizing, but letting myself fully, fully accept that there is magic far beyond that, which we can explain. And my my entire, I really do feel like my life is an expression of that. I don't know how I ended up in all of those incredible circumstances, but I truly believe I've been guided here to support others in learning about the magic that they have in their house that they're considering to be a problem that is in fact probably highlighting their shadow side or something that they're not paying attention to that needs their attention for their well-being. Yes, because I I do believe that for me as well, right? Knowing that every time I'm getting so edgy and going, oh my gosh, what has Buddy been brought here for me? And, And even for the incident that happened, right, where... I had the fall uh, with Buddy and and lots of people were like oh my gosh that dog that dog that caused your fall and and I immediately did not blame Buddy it was that I had not trained um, him yet and and some people would call that ignorant on my part I don't I had 18 bags in my hand. I was rushing. Uh, there were so many typical Cindy moves that had happened mm-hmm. in order that caused that that fall to, to happen, which to me goes, this was me surely once again, moving so fast in life, mm-hmm. trying to get 18 things done. And to me, it's Buddy showing up to say, are you going to slow down in life ever? Pay attention pay attention. And here I am, I'm going to actually teach you how to slow down because what am I going to do? You're going to actually have to, I'm going to, you're going to say, we have to wait at the trunk every time. Yep. All bags must be removed. Your phone cannot be out when you go for a walk. Yeah. You have to be present. Like, everything has to slow, which is not the Cindy way. Yeah. It's, I really, no, really, that. that lesson is hard to accept because even right after you had that fall, I mean, I think you've spoken about it on here before. And if you like that, that was a really serious situation. And right after it happened, you told me that you had fallen and hit your head and had to go to the hospital. And it was really traumatizing for everybody. Um, that, it wasn't his fault. You didn't spend an, a second being a standard human who was like this friggin' dog. You were like, oops, that was me. And yeah. that speaks to you already being in acceptance of the lessons. And that's beautiful. That's, that's really beautiful because that's how you're going to find the grace and the, the hope will stay alive. And that some of the behaviors that are currently, um, frustrating or, um, concerning they'll start to dissipate the more that you accept what's rising with him I really believe that so I'm excited for you guys and you're already doing such a good job well thanks to you and you (laughs) so what would you say for anyone who um is in the puppy situation like what would be your biggest tip for people Hmm. all puppies are different but yeah, it's usually way more than you bargained for. 
It usually causes a screeching halt of the honeymoon phase about four weeks in where you're like, oh my gosh, what have I done? My whole life is different. And also I'm so tired. Also, it hurts. Also, the kids are upset. Also, I did this for you. <laughs> There's a lot of like really normal feelings that most, especially mothers go through, I think, when they bring a dog home in a family home. Melissa, um, our family specialist, would have a lot to say about that. Um so I would say it's normal to, when you're past the honeymoon phase, to actually experience resentment and concern about your decisions and feel panic. That's probably what most people experience. Um, I also think, and I'm a consistent consumer of a, having a coach and somebody guiding me because I feel like it really helps personally with my accountability. Having somebody that says to you, this phase is going to be hard. This is what you need to work on based off of your puppy's temperament and your home and your lifestyle dynamics, this is a red flag. We need to pay attention to this. This is what I see in the future as your biggest struggle or your biggest successes. That sort of projection that is preventative is something I wish everybody that was into self-development or raising a dog would do because we can prevent a lot of problems if we ask for help sooner than we need it. Yes. I think that's a hundred percent I, I totally agree. Like knowing along the way and knowing where I've been like, okay, this is what I need to look for. And this is what I need to set up. And this is where I put myself here. Like I'm, I, people won't see this, but I'm like, okay, this is where I'm going to be here and here. And I'm putting my hand at a different yes, level. Yeah, at different you've, really, you've really helped me to kind of project what the next few months are going to look like. Now I know I have you on speed dial, which I know most people wouldn't have, but that actually has really uh, saved me um, just to know, even for people to know that they have a coach or somebody, a support to at least contact in like a few hours or a few totally. days Totally to go like in a panic situation, which some of them um, have been, which if you didn't have somebody, uh, an online system is not going to help you. And I mean, I have even bought a few online systems, but even those they're, they're good to have. But I really think, especially if you have a dog with a few red flags, it's, it's kind of detrimental to have somebody that you purchase, purchase that time with, um, yeah. saves you in the long run. Yeah, totally. And it, again, kind of circling back to the beginning of the call, like it's an emotional experience having a dog that's scaring you or scaring others or not heading in the direction you'd hoped for. I mean, it hugely impacts all facets of our lives when things aren't going according to plan. Our privacy, mm -hmm. our relationships, our safety, our kids' safety, our income, um, our quality of life. I mean, it really, our stress levels, our health, it, it has a really huge ripple effect when things aren't going well with a member of the, the family. So um, my favorite thing is, is that emotional support to the human side, because first I, I, what, what I've heard and seen a lot in 15 years. And for me, nothing phases me. Like I, I can hold space for a lot at this point and I can guide what next steps, um, are important because I feel like one of the most important things is to remain in touch with hope, like hope mm -hmm. that it will improve, hope that it will have some reprieve at some point, hope that it can get better, hope that there is some some portion of your dog dream that's still alive. Um, that can be really hard if you don't have a coach that has that perspective. So I think the most important thing is asking for help before you need it. And also when you, when you find help, 
finding somebody that you relate to. So not just your average dog trainer that will teach you things that aren't as deep as the stuff that maybe we've discussed today. If you're into that stuff, you should find somebody that can go there with you. I, I like remain in touch with them. And my final thing, when do you see most dogs? Like, is it just a range depending on how big they are? Like do most dogs and families sort of turn a corner and you see things shift? Like when do you stop working with dogs? <laughs> so when's the hard part over? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people think it's six months and that's sort of where yeah. things change the most. That's where, that's actually the opposite. Six months is like, whoa, this is kind of fun. All the new things all the time. And then six months to a year is really hard because they're developing what I would consider a sense of self and a sense of interests and a sense of what they're comfortable with or uncomfortable with. And so from six months to a year, we see big changes. It's a learning curve for us during that time, because that's when behaviors start to manifest that aren't as ideal. Right. Um, and then from a year to two, it's considered their sexual maturity time. And that's sort of where their feelings are now established about things and they have opinions about things. So, you know what, that, that staircase was really scary to me when I was a puppy and I kind of walked up it and nobody noticed I was scared, but now I won't go up the staircase because I'm scared of staircases. Right. Or that one time that person with the hood on scared me when I was six months old. And now everybody with hoods is scary to me. We start to see traumas or genetically predisposed temperament things, they flare up between a year and two years. And so I, I kind of call, I would call it the reconciliation phase of like, okay, this is who you are. I know more about who you are between a year and two. I'm ready for things to keep changing and shifting during that time, because that's commonly when it, we realize the puppy stuff is gone and the puppy fears are now actual aggression issues. Or right. the barking is now turning into nipping or lunging instead of just barking. Right. So if you asked for help before a year, usually you've already dampened some of those concerns and you are in like a flat line between a year and two, just trying to keep things at bay and not get worse. And then once they're right. two to three, to answer your question, two to three is like, I know who you are. I know what your traumas are. I know what your preferences are. I know what to do in situations you don't feel comfortable. Um. I've executed a plan with a professional, usually by two to three. And after that, it's smooth sailing. Usually between once you hit three, you're like, okay, whoo, we can ease up a little bit. Right. That's a long wow. time. I know that's far. <laughs> you're, you're one third there. Congratulations. <laughs> okay. Good. Okay. You got it. I got you. It's going to be so good. And it, you know what? The road there is going to be illuminating. Yeah. You're going to keep learning. You're going to keep yeah. pivoting. Yeah. You're going to keep shifting gears. Oop, we're working on this now. That's all normal. And the next thing. Uh, and now, okay. And as you can see, he just woke up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and now where can people uh, find you? Where's the best place for people to connect to you? Best place, if you like my vibe, is Instagram, Canine Connection Training. I give a lot of free content on there and some thoughtful kind of things to consider. And then yeah. the comprehensive website, canineconnectiontraining.ca. Yeah. And um, yeah. And YouTube? Um, I used to have a YouTube channel. I do still have free videos. It's under different branding. It's called Sniff okay. Dog. 
Okay. It's great. There's free dog training videos on there. It was my short-term temporary COVID project because I couldn't help enough people there if everyone got dogs. So there's about 50 YouTube videos on common puppy problems. If anybody's interested, they can um, watch those for free. Perfect. Yeah. Well, I will put all of those things into the link as well. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your time with me. And uh, we will also add a photo of your beautiful cedar too. Oh, my boy, my biggest teacher. Yeah. The one thing I didn't say that I should say is we're just about to launch an emotional support group online. It's going to be a monthly or, and not quite sure yet, a bi-monthly offering for people to drop in on Zoom and be in this kind of safe container for three months at a time so that they can vent and share and cry and um, get advice from peers that are in similar situations and from me overseeing it. So with a focus on self-care for the human too. So that's coming soon. Dot, dot, dot. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's great. That'll thank be on the you. website. Okay. Perfect. Thank well, you. Thank you so much. So Gosh. fun. Okay. I will stop. So fun. Thank you so much for leaning in today and make some time for yourself, for some cozy socks, and perhaps for paying it forward to somebody else. Perhaps it will be a smile, a look in somebody's eyes, or maybe driving through a coffee shop and buying for the car behind you. There are so many ways that we can ripple effect the idea of love, of kindness, and of gentleness. It continues to grow and grow with every thought, action, and word we do and say. It's all about the in-between little moments that make this life so special. Enjoy the bliss and enjoy the mess because they are both all that we have. <laughs>